guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode. Today we are talking about flexitarian diets. Um, And Barry, I actually feel like you are the definition of a flexitarian diet. I am a newly defined flexitarian. Um, Yeah, I, it's funny because like, I never really like label my eating. Mm. Um, But yeah, I am the textbook definition of like a flexitarian. Yeah, I want to get into that because I I still tell people now, I'm like, Barry very recently introduced chicken into her diet, which Mm -hmm. I still kind of think is just like bizarre, but you didn't give up meat because of like any specific reason other than you didn't really like it that much. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, so starting back when I was younger, um, I never ate meat. Mm. um my mom would feed me like chopped ground meat when I was like you know introducing foods and stuff and I just never ate it I didn't like the taste of it didn't like the texture of it and it's weird because your mom actually enjoys meat doesn't she yeah so she's not a big red meat eater like she'll never eat a steak Mm. but she'll eat pork she'll eat chicken she'll eat turkey um she's not a big beef eater but um she'll eat lamb maybe anyways um so I never really ate meat like red meat when I was younger um but I always ate chicken and turkey and ironically my mom owned a butcher shop or like a she was the chef at a butcher shop and they always had this like hanging oh god I hate some meats (laughs) yeah and they were like dry is prime hanging there for like years and I just like you really used to like make me feel a bit ill And so I never ate like meat meat, but then like, sometimes I would, I remember as a child, there were certain things that I would, but it was never the meat I liked. It was always like the seasoning and the marinade. Mm -hmm. And so I remember like the only thing that I would really eat was like a rack of baby lamb chops because my mom would like cover them in these like garlic, rosemary, breadcrumb, Mm -hmm. like seasoning, salt. Oh my God. That was delicious. I would just eat that seasoning probably like on a piece of cod. Um, and like potatoes yeah exactly and I remember like I would only eat it if it was like literally seconds away from like giving me a foodborne illness like it had to be so rare oh my I, god you're so weird yeah <laughs> you like, and I could not be more polar opposites I know when I know. it comes to food like even in like the like the way that we grew up what we ate when we grow up what we eat now like everything I know I had the but I don't think I'm normal. Like, I think, like, I will <laughs> I'm very... not normal. <laughs> no, but I could objectively look at your childhood and your food experience and be like, that is very typical. Like, many yeah, people yeah. have experienced, like, your exposure to food growing up and what you ate when you were four and five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had the weirdest upbringing. Yeah. My mom is a chef. My grandfather was a cook as well we grew up eating the most esoteric, you know, I, my mom has a picture of me and my cousin eating snails and black bean sauce in my grandfather's house that he cooked, that he went to Chinatown and got all the, like, and I was like four. 
like so I I had the weirdest upbringing and I amazing. was there with like my plain chicken and <laughs> boiled <Yeah>. veg <laughs> right I've never had boiled veg in my life like really yeah ever except like maybe at Mark's mom's house for Christmas um but like I've never like I didn't even know there was a thing you could just like boil veg and then eat it like not even a concept to me like everything had garlic and anyways I I always ate chicken and turkey and then I that just phased out and I would say I kept eating chicken until I was about 13 and then that phased out and I literally cut out meat chicken poultry everything from about like 14 years old and Mm -hmm. it had nothing to do with like the environment or it didn't sorry Oscar's like so itchy um it had nothing to do with the environment or sustainability or like health or anything like that. It was strictly like, I don't enjoy eating this and there's other foods that I do like, and I'm just going to eat the foods that I do like. Mm. But then when did, cause I, even when I met you, you were like, well, you've always been on a mission, like cooking for Mark, trying to diversify his diet. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, I tried Mark's chicken last night. And I'd be like, but you don't eat meat. And you're just so happily pop a piece of chicken in your mouth. <laughs> so it was never, I never identified Oscar, just like lay down. Okay. He's good. <laughs> like circling. Um, so I never identified as like a vegetarian or anything. I just always identified as like, I don't really like meat. Yeah. So like, and I always I always used to like correct people when they'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, so you're a vegetarian. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a vegetarian. I just like don't like meat because yeah. like it wasn't something that I ever like wrote off or it wasn't something like, oh, I don't eat this. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I don't like it. Like mm-hmm. Mark doesn't like broccoli, but he like, I mean, there's no like word to identify as just like broccoli, but like, do you know what I mean? Anti-green like, eater. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like, I don't eat this. It was just like, I don't Mm. like it. So like, I never identified and like, I always tried it because I was always like, oh, like it would be really easy if I did like it because, Mm. you know, Mark and I have been living together for six years and probably for three of those, I cook two separate meals every Mm. single night or most nights that I cooked. Um, And that's one time consuming too stressful in the kitchen like after a long day Mm. three it's just like mentally taxing trying to like meal plan for two different people with two different Mm. preferences it's It's fucking annoying and it's fucking expensive like (laughs) yeah like and that's what it was like I gave up I needed him to meet me halfway and I kind of met him halfway but I'm not at the point where I order chicken Uh, so I'm only eating chicken maybe turkey like maybe but like I couldn't eat like a slice of turkey it would be too dry and horrible for me Mm. like the idea of like a Thanksgiving turkey like Oscar you are being the most inconsiderate person in the world right now (laughs) like he's eating his leg like he always waits till we're recording right like he sleeps all day (laughs) um I'm so sorry this is the worst ASMR ever for anyone that's listening anyways um I don't eat chicken out because this is gonna sound terrible as well um the only way that I'll eat it is if I cook it or my mom cook it because again we are like seconds away from having a foodborne illness because I know like I will only eat it if it's like juicy and the idea of like dry chicken or dry meat makes me want to vomit I'm the same with fish I eat my fish so rare because the idea say, of overcooked anything like I can't eat it when I go to a restaurant and someone says how would you like your salmon I'm like burnt 
I'm like, is that what you actually say? Yeah. Up as much as you possibly can. I'm like, I want it like overcooked. I have like, I'm the opposite to you. I have a fear of like, I don't want any sort of like raw flesh on my salmon. Oh my God. I'm like, sear the outside and keep the inside, like literally like pulsing. That makes me feel quite ill. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And it's so funny because like Mark never ate salmon before, um, like we got together and then I cooked salmon for him and he loves it. Like it Mm. loves it, loves it. But like, he didn't know that like, that was like not how most people eat it, but now he can't eat it any other way and he hates it any other way. So Mm. I've like adopted him into my like very rare way of eating. Yeah. So I've introduced chicken. I probably eat it once a week um, for ease, make it for dinner. Like red meats, like pork, things Mm -mm. like that. No, that's just like a taste thing. And I actually just like from a health, not, not that it's unhealthy more probably from like just a sustainability point of view. Like it's Mm. just unnecessary if I don't like it. Yeah. Um, So I feel like I've, I've, educated myself enough I've read enough books I've taken enough CPD classes and kind of Mm. sustainable foods and sustainable eating and the thing that I've come to understand or my opinions and you know everyone has different opinions and I definitely want to get yours in a second but like the the information that we know of moving towards a more plant-based diet is comparative to the traditional western way of eating which is very very meat heavy Mm. processed food heavy things that are very taxing on the environment um and the way I see it and the recommendations that you know we are putting out to help people transition I feel like I am eating still a lot less animal products than what we even recommend the ideal completely yeah the ideal set for people you know Oscar we're literally in a fight. Like you are being so rude. Okay, Michelle. Um, but I still feel like I am doing Your more yeah. than what we would say the gold standard is. Mm. So I still feel like I am within this range of like, yeah. I am doing my bit for the environment. Could I do better? Yeah, I could go back to not eating chicken I can completely cut out fish I can completely cut out dairy but would I enjoy food no and for me um like selfishly like enjoyment is Mm. first environment is second yeah and sustainability but I kind of marry the two and I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job um in that but yeah I would say I cook chicken once a week for dinner and then I might have leftovers Mm-hmm. if like between Mark and I probably have leftovers um I'll probably make him a second meat dish whether that's pork or chicken or whatever and then we both eat fish and we both eat um lots of vegetarian meals as well together so it works um and I eat a lot of dairy eat a lot of cheese eat a lot yeah, of eggs I know I well actually I don't eat so many eggs so this is my thing as well I'm like if I don't love the food then so with I actually intend I ate a lot of salmon in pregnancy I just loved it even when I was like suffering with terrible morning sickness I could actually like stomach salmon and rice mm-hmm. really random and then I had every intention of giving it up after pregnancy because I really wanted what to. what was your intention pregnant. though because I wanted to be more plant-based than I was 
what uh, was, what's the motivation to be more plant-based though like sustainability animal welfare mm-hmm. that's like the the driving factor for me but again you know it might sound quite selfish to people but I just I'm still really enjoying salmon and it's selfish at all I'm just, just like if I and I I feel like I benefit from having it in my diet we know that it's like such a great source of omega-3 and essential exactly. fats um and going back to saying like what I you know I, I do enjoy white fish but I don't absolutely love it so I actually never buy it but if I was at a restaurant and there was like a nice piece of stone bass on the menu, I'd probably order it just because I don't have it that often. Yeah. Same with eggs. I like them. I don't absolutely love them. So I don't really have them that often. Um, but then like I love Greek yogurt. I love cheese. Mm-hmm. I'd rather pick those foods over like the eggs and the white fish. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's all about picking like, yeah, it's picking and choosing and looking at your priorities and Mm. your goals and what, what means a lot to you. And then every action that you take is, you know, a step towards that, that goal or whatever that is that you want to be. I totally get this. And the thing that I think my, like, one of the things that I try to explain to people not even, I like, I don't even see clients, but just like when I have this conversation with people, cause it's like, I actually find myself in this conversation a lot. <laughs> just is, being an ambassador in the nutrition industry. Yeah, just <laughs> ambassador for flexitarian dieting. Um, like it doesn't have to be all or nothing and you don't have to agree. tie your food choices to your self-identity. Like I, they are two separate things. Agreed. But I actually have so much respect for someone who is strictly vegan. I really, really do. Yes. And, I would, part of me would love to be this strict vegan for the reasons I said. Um, But then I have to bring it back to me and think, like you said, okay, I'm doing the best I can right now. I'm not ready for that, Mm -hmm. but I'm comfortable with the decisions I'm making around food at the moment. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a great way to look at it. And look like it's not selfish. I don't, I don't think selfish is the right word because I think there's still so many things that we're doing and, you know, sustainability and the environment still on our mind. And majority of both of our diets are plant-based yours more so than mine. Um, but I think that we can, we, we still have to like enjoy what we eat every day and we can't take that enjoyment out of food because that's like so important I completely agree but on the flip side of that I do feel like there's a lot of ignorance around food like Ash for example big chicken eater he loves it doesn't want to give it up but he also will not watch any kind of documentary on it because he's like I don't want to know he's like I know that like they're animals that are sometimes like killed inhumanely um he's like I just don't want to know he's like I want to just enjoy my chicken yeah it's hard because I don't even know if documentaries are the right path to go down no. because they're so biased they are but but it's an eye-opener for yeah. sure yeah. yeah and I'm still really funny with chicken like I I like I always look to make sure it says like UK so like I know it's like here but like, I know that doesn't really mean range. anything because it can yeah and I'm like totally honest I don't always pay for the organic like stuff because Sometimes when there's a pack of chicken in front of me for four ninety five or whatever it is, and then the or same size organic is eight ninety five, mm-hmm. you know, I am choosing some most of the time to be like completely honest. Most of the time, I'm not doubling my food cost 
because I so seldomly eat it. Also, I do think that the UK food standards are a lot better than the US. 100%. I agree. And maybe if I was in the US, I'd find myself yeah. organic more. Mm. Um, I agree with that. And I always say this about the quality of eggs in the UK are yeah. so much better like than in the US. And when I first moved here, I remember it was so weird. Um, I got a pack of eggs and there was a feather in it. Oh, I, I love it when that happens. Fucking lost my shit. Like I called my mom. I, that was I like, associate with like you literally just got that from the farm. I do as well now, but when this first happened, it really put me off because I was like an animal. Like I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Oh my god. My and my mom was like, bring it back. That's not right. <laughs> And now when I go to America, I see just like the rows of like white eggs that just look like yeah. sterile, sterile. Um, I'm always like, I don't trust these as much. Um, no. But yeah, I think that, oh, I don't know. There's so many things that we can do in life to be more sustainable. And I think 100%. it is. I'm like, don't get on a flight. Like, like, do you know what yes. I mean? If you're holidaying like three times a year, maybe you go once. <laughs> yes. And I think that's like this weird thing where it's like, oh, I'm a vegan because I care about this, but then like you ignore yeah. this. Yeah. And it's like, Completely. that's why I think you have to get separate from the labels. And in just like, instead of making it black and white, like the way I identify is like, I have a paradigm between eating for enjoyment, eating for health, yeah. and then also other factors, which I would include sustainability and like the environment and for whatever reason, like family or just like giving up, like just convenience and, you know, someone's cooked for you kind of thing. And like all these things kind of play in this weird, I don't know, like back and forth and things like that. And it's just a balance. Like I'm not, not eating meat. I just like, didn't like it. Now I introduced chicken. Who knows? I might one day introduce other things. I probably won't. And I'm probably never going to, but I still enjoy fish and I still enjoy dairy and eggs and I feel like I still get a really well-balanced diet and I feel like I still am doing a lot in terms of like my impact, my dietary impact on the environment is still pretty fucking good. So I'm cursing a lot in this episode. That's fine. We're we're cool with that. Um, But um, I... Because I, when we originally said we were going to talk about flexitarian diets, I was like, how is that different from plant-based? Because again, plant-based is not vegan. It's just like predominant, predominantly a diet made up of plants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess with flexitarian, you are including those animal-derived products. Mm-hmm. But then is that included in a plant-based diet as well? Yeah, I think a plant-based diet is like you're prioritizing plants. Mm. And I think that a majority of plant-based diet is not meat. So I think it's like the quantity and the ratios of, you know, the meat and the chicken and things that you're having compared to the plants. Mm. So I think like the plant-based diet just has a higher ratio of plants than Mm. animal products. Um, So technically, you know, maybe someone who eats a lot of animal products, but they also eat a lot of plants might not have a plant-based diet because they just, Mm. they need to cut it down a bit and supplement a bit more. Like tonight for dinner, I had a plant-based diet dinner 
well, all my dinners are really are, but tonight I had a vegan dinner. Yeah. Um, so I had like a quinoa brown rice stir fry with tons of vegetables, edamame, kale, broccoli. I don't know, lots of random stuff, whatever yeah. I had in the fridge and tofu. I don't know what I'm eating tomorrow, but I also had eggs today and I had Greek yogurt, but I also had lots of vegetables and fruit and seeds and nuts and other things. I think the focus on diversity can really help with this as well, because I, unlike you, literally grew up on chicken. Like, I think I probably ate chicken every single day up until Mm -hmm. the age of like, I went vegetarian when I was 20 or 21. Um, and then I went vegan for literally like six months and then went back to vegetarian. <laughs> and were um, those motivations also like animals? Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. I, ju- I think because I started to my like diversify my palate, I was like, oh, I don't have to rely on meat so much as my protein. Yes. Um, there's all these other foods. And I remember like when people used to tell me they're vegetarian, I'd be like, what? So you just eat vegetables and carbs? Like it wasn't a thing was it well it wasn't for me anyway growing up to think of all these different like plant proteins like tofu chickpeas and beans to be like oh actually we can have these in our diet every day it was like a weird like yeah earthy hippie kind of thing to do (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't sound like that would have been your opinion because you had like like you said a very different food experience but I think now it's very very different but interestingly I can't remember if I said this to you the other day Oh no, actually I was talking to another group of friends, but we were talking about how plant-based at the moment is much more, I feel like a female thing to do because my brothers said that they were out with their guy friends and one of them ordered a falafel burger and they were all like, what are you doing? Like, why are you ordering a falafel burger? Cause like, it's like, oh, we're men and we- We meet to show our manliness. Yeah, exactly. It's really weird, isn't it? But I do think- the next generation it will be more normal for everyone to just be more plant-based I hope so anyway yeah no I, I mean if you look at it generationally I think that the way our parents were brought up was very different and even a bit it was further like back. meat and two veg every night yeah and if you take it a step back especially in America so if I look at my grandparents it's that post-depression era and like it was a luxury to have meat yeah. and when the economy started to stabilize like meat was a sign of wealth so as if you were having a steak at dinner, that was like a sign of like prosperity and things. So it was like almost mm-hmm. a luxury and it was very coveted. And I think for our parents, they kind of exposed, they were kind of exposed to that and also like meat and two veg, just like tradition. Yeah. Um, and then I think we were the first generation where we're exposed to the science. And then I guess the, you know, just the diversity and things like that. And then I guess the next generation that we bring into the world will be like the next layer of that. Yeah, completely. So for anyone listening, how can we be more flexitarian? I think like you do have to increase your plant diversity. Mm. I think you do have to cut down on your meat consumption. Like I, I do think majority of people do have to. Um, we Because as a country, the stats at the moment do show we are still eating too much meat and interestingly I think you've kind of mentioned it before if we actually all stuck to the eat well plate we would be well within the guidelines of what is kind of manageable in terms of a sustainability point of view in regards to our meat intake Mm, which is so interesting and actually there was a report that came out in the news a few days ago I took a screenshot of it 
Um, but it was like the UK has reduced their meat intake in the past 10 years by like a really positive number. Mm. I want to say it was around like 20%, but don't quote me because I don't remember the exact statistic. But the report was like, we're still a long way off because we mm. needed to hit 30 or something like that. Yeah. So it's like we are going in the right direction. Um, but I just think we still need to get more people on board And I look at Mark and he used to have meat every single day for like three meals, not for breakfast, but like if you, yeah, yeah, sometimes be like bacon, eggs, like sausage sandwich. Um, And even he might not be at the point where I'm at and I don't expect him to be like, you do Mm -hmm. have to meet people halfway. But the fact that he probably only eats red meat, maybe like once a month, once every two weeks, and it's probably out in a restaurant. Yeah, that's um, exactly the same with Ash. Which I think is really positive. And, and like Ash will happily eat like a veggie pasta. Yeah. He, like he wouldn't want a veggie meal every day, but he will happily have a veggie meal if I cook him one, which I feel like you're still doing, but still making an effort. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It, it Like every meal does have an impact, I think. And like, exactly. that's what I hate is when like, even my brothers have said this, like, well, you know, they're still selling chicken. It's not going to make a difference if I buy it or not. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like supply and demand. Exactly. Like, it's, again, it's just like a little bit of ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it is supply and demand. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, doing like a meat-free Monday kind of thing um, is really helpful. I know my parents do that still to this day. And we've done been doing that. that in the house for like ages. Um, and just like... I think there's so many, like, if you're not into, you know, I don't know, tofu and, you know, some of the other kind of just like beans and lentils and legumes kind of things, like there are some fantastic meat alternatives out there that like are not geared towards like health conscious individuals. Like they are geared strictly towards like like just decreasing the amount of meat consumption they are literally geared towards like carnivores like I had a beyond burger and I hated it because it was so meaty like I just didn't like it because it would like literally tasted like meat and I don't like meat yeah I'm saying I don't want to buy a meat alternative because I want it to taste like meat I just want like that plant vibe from it yeah But if you're coming from the perspective that like, I just want to, you know, do my bit for the environment, decrease my meat intake by a bit, those are so great. And there's so much like fantastic food technology out there these days. And like, I actually think it's amazing and you don't have to eat like, um, I don't know, like edamame, like soya, like for, or uh, that's not even a good example I don't know I just picture like super like vegan and hippie I don't know um I know what you mean I don't <laughs> but like you don't have to eat that like there yeah. are like so many companies so, I know there's so much variety even just like a tin of chili beans like mixed beans so delicious different plant foods good source of protein and fiber yeah like 
Yeah. So I guess like my recommendation would definitely be like, just try new things, try new flavors. We say this all the time. We said this in a million different podcasts, but like just increase the amounts of plants and diversity that you're having. But I also think like, look at those kind of like meat substitutes and start picking meals that like you genuinely can't tell the difference. Like if you put that like non-meat, like faux meat into a chili, like you literally cannot tell the difference. 100%. And also what I suggested my clients who were trying to incorporate more meat foods is if you're making a spaghetti bolognese or a chili or a shepherd's pie do like half the meat that you'd normally do and then add lentils to make up the rest or another meat alternative yeah I totally agree and I I like still almost like want to bring it back to like yes we can do all of that but like you don't have to like identify as this like plant-based person I don't know I'm like very feel very like strongly about just separating our like food labels with our identity Mm. because I I don't think we need to label ourselves that way and it's like I like they're just preferences I get what you mean yeah I was gonna say like I said I actually have huge respect for people that are strictly vegan and they are almost like ambassadors for being vegan and you know animal welfare and helping the environment but that then places this expectation on others that like if you're going to be vegan you've got to be a proper version of a vegan and that like I don't completely believe so I'm like you can like you said before you can literally do your best and you know have mainly a vegan diet but if you want to I don't know have scrambled eggs one morning you should be able to have that if you feel like you're going to thrive off of it exactly I think it's like the limits and then they actually put, they turn into restrictions and for some that works. Like for some, they feel so strongly about it that the idea of, you know, going against those like um, principles, like they couldn't even fathom it. And again, I respect that. And I think Mm. it's great, uh, very commendable, but I also think for a large percentage of the population like it doesn't have to be so black or white you can just prioritize you know the environment prioritize your health but like you are not tied to those priorities like you are a dynamic individual you can be flexible and one week you might you know go out to dinner a bit more than normal and you might eat a lot of meat and then next week you're cooking and maybe you're cooking from scratch and you're bulk cooking and you can use a lot more plant sources, you know, beans, lentils, legumes kind of things. And it all kind of evens out. And instead of looking at it as like every day, you have to make these like intense decisions. Like you are an average of every decision you make. Yeah. And if you look at it on a month, a year, like this is a long-term goal. You don't have to change overnight. And I, I just like, I also really don't like when people demonize others for like eating meat. Like, and I think you should be allowed to, if you, you know, if you do want to diversify your diet more or maybe think, or maybe I should be eating a little bit more plant-based try saying to yourself, like, okay, I'm going to add two different plant foods in that I wouldn't usually have this week, or I'm going to try and hit 20 different plant foods this week, but without kind of having that expectation from other people who when you say you're plant-based they're like oh but I see you eating chicken out do you know what I mean yeah that's so funny that you say that that reminded me um I hope she's listening my one of my best friends Beth um we both didn't eat meat in college um and we lived together and um when Beth got drunk she would 
eat meat. She'd eat <laughs> buffalo chicken pizza. Um, and I would just always get a plain slice of pizza. And she like wouldn't believe me the next morning that she had chicken. And she was like, why'd you let me eat chicken? I'm like, because you were like very adamant on getting the buffalo chicken pizza. And like in those <laughs> situations, I feel like that wasn't not that it's saying it wasn't like the right choice for her, but it like mm. was when inhibitions were down, like yeah. she felt like she could eat it. And it's mm. like if that that almost is like you don't ever have to cut it out if you feel like that way. You can just simply reduce and yeah. you know, every now and then you can enjoy it. But I feel like it's when you hold that identity to yourself, like, oh, I'm vegetarian, instead yeah. of just saying, like, you know what, I actually just don't consume a lot of animal product you know what I mean I just feel like it's the way we word things um, yeah completely I don't know maybe that's just like a silly way for me to view it but I just feel like no and it is it is when you put your label on that label on yourself it is the expectation of others because if I were to sit here and be like yeah I'm vegan and then like I don't know I had an egg <laughs> the next you know I ate cake that had been made with eggs you you almost feel like you've got something to prove by not having it or you're not allowed to have that because yeah. you've literally said oh actually I'm vegan but without putting that label on it it just like kind of allows that flexibility that we're talking about exactly and I remember hearing about um balance blonde on Instagram Jordan Younger she was vegan and then she came out with a book or something called like breaking vegan or like she was no longer vegan she got like death threats oh my god from the vegan community oh and my it's god, like that's people so yeah, people are allowed to change. You can make any decisions that you want. And it's, I think these labels and these absolutes are like very dangerous long-term because also like you're allowed to do whatever you want. You should never feel like I can't do something because people think that I'm doing something else. Like yeah, and I that's think like terrible. Before, as long as we're comfortable with what we're doing, we're allowed to do that. And you know, I sit here and I think I've said before, I, I would love to see myself as vegan in the future, but I'm just not there yet. Like, I feel like I thrive too much off of having fish and dairy in my diet at the moment. And you might not ever get there. Yeah, like, no, and that's I, okay. I and at the moment, I'm like, I can't ever, I mean, I could see myself giving up fish more easily than, I mean, I bloody love my Greek yogurt. So Yeah, I don't think you could. I'm, I'm, I think I, I could stomach a cheese alternative, but like, I just love Greek yogurt in the morning and I love other plant I love plant-based yogurts as well but I just feel like they're more of like a dessert for me I just love like my proper dairy Greek yogurt in the morning I agree and I don't think like I just don't think that's something that you have to give up to be Mm. to have sustainability as a priority of yours I do think there's so many other things that go into it and you know I just I feel like when we look at the recommendations again that they're putting out for sustainability, it simply comes down to like the amount of people that decrease their meat. Like yeah. none of these it recommendations say that everyone in the world has to be 100% vegan. Like that's yeah. not what yeah. they say. Cause that's not realistic. It's like, can we get a majority of the people to decrease their meat consumption? And then, Hey, we're all doing really well. And if, if a new study comes out in the future says, guys, we need to reduce it a little bit more then we can Mm. we have to work we have to consider the research that we have yeah it doesn't say that everyone has to go vegan yeah it just says we all have to reduce yeah completely and like you said there are so many other ways as well to contribute to the sustainability of our planet at the moment 
Yeah, exactly. Like get an electric car. Yeah. Go out, take less flights or less long haul flights. Yeah. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it like recycle. Yeah. Like it's, it's very simple. So much. And I think we can probably do some stuff on Instagram on the talking wellness page about this as well. Cause I mean, it's a whole other episode <laughs> if no. we're going to go through all the ways of we, how we can be more sustainable. But um, I do think being a flexitarian or having a plant-based diet is a great place to start, but that might, you know, your version of a plant-based diet might, well, it does look different to my version of a plant-based diet. Totally. A hundred percent. And I just want to like encourage people. Like I do think like we live in this like kind of like bubble sometimes, depending on who you follow on Instagram, it can be a bit of an echo chamber where everyone's like the perfect this and the perfect plant-based diet. And just like, listen, like it doesn't have to be like that and just be like confident in yourself and confident in your abilities to do with what you want and not be overly influenced by others. And if you really really love steak you do not have to cut it out just simply reduce and that's like a very happy medium you don't need to eat steak 10 times a week I don't know if anyone does that's like a lot of steaks but (laughs) but like maybe maybe just save it for when you go out to dinner or something like that and just like in the house try and prioritize other foods I don't Mm -hmm. know I just don't want anyone to feel like they're doing a bad job because they eat a bit of meat you can eat meat it's just about reducing the quantity yeah and some people like you said just make the decision to take one flight a year and you know in you know not be so cautious in other areas and they might recycle the hell out of everything um and some people might be fully vegan and not recycle at all you just don't know (laughs) (laughs) exactly and like we can get into it we won't but like even like fast fashion and stuff like that's another way to be like sustainable and things like that um which I actually so off topic we I'm ranting so it's probably the sign that the episode is almost done um (laughs) there's this app called this is so not sponsored this is just me being like this is something that everyone should know um there's an app called by rotation and you can like put your like clothes on there and people can rent it. Um, and it's like a way for one to like make money out of your wardrobe, but also it's a lot more sustainable for the environment where people are like consuming less. Um, and I actually put the dress up that I wore to the wedding that we went to a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I already have two people. I'm like lending it out oh, to two that. people like within the next two months. And it's like, that they're not going out and buying and that's actually a sustainable from a sustainable um, company anyways the dress so I just feel like um there's other things that we can do for fashion and I have some of my handbags on there renting out to people that are not sustainable they're real leather but like renting out to people so it reduces the quantity overall again supply Mm -hmm. and demand so it's not necessarily always about cutting everything out sometimes there are just like reductions And we don't have to be so black and white, all or nothing. Like we live in the gray and embrace the gray and it's okay. Yeah, completely. I love the gray. We love the gray. We love Romeo gray. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm glad we got to talk about this. We were supposed to record another episode tonight that we were really excited about and we had to rejig things around, but it will be coming soon. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, yeah. Keep your eyes out. There'll be some exciting episodes to come. Definitely. But thanks for listening to this week. And we will be back next week with another exciting topic. Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. And share with your friends and family or anyone that you think this episode might be helpful to. It really does help us get seen in the charts. Please go follow us on Instagram at Forking Wellness and pre-order our book either on amazon.co.uk or barnesandnobles.com.